Sabrina and Dreamer, meanwhile, realise that the mortal way of acting older is useless, so they need magic. Dreamer turns Sabrina into dirt for a few seconds, and when that spell doesn't work, they conjure up a potion from the magic spellbook. Oil of old age. I like it. I liked it. Because it's oil of ole. Yeah. Yep. Which, which, my God, I mean, those adverts were everywhere in the 90s. They were. Very, very heavily advertised in the late 1990s. I do associate it with the 90s when I think about it. Yeah. Now it's just known as Tabasco. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. The oil of ole. (laughs) You know what they say? Today's moisturizer, tomorrow's sauce. That is what they say. Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three perpetual prehistoric pontiffs review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. At least that's the plan. Who knows, we may change our mind in a few episodes time. My name is Phil Dean. I'm your host and guide to this wonderful, nostalgic journey that we've uh, we've stumbled upon. Of course, we're still uh, abiding by social distancing, so those in front of me have got to stay in front of me for now. Uh, but hey, maybe one day we'll all hold hands together. Uh, I'm joined by a couple of my uh, wonderful friends. First of all is His Holiness, Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. God bless you, my son. And hello. Um, I'm... Uh... Excited to see uh, continuing drama unfolding in this show for, I think, more or less the first time. Yeah, some some nice sort of the storylines are continuing, as you say, uh, overlapping drama. And for, for the first time this season, some overlapping dreamer as well. So, you know, we're not forgetting ha. who we're not forgetting who she is as in Hori. Um, and we're also joined by someone else who is uh, quite delightful. It's his grace, Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. And to you. Oh, I felt that. Thank you very much, mate. How are you? Uh, you know what? I'm surviving. Uh, as people of this podcast are aware, I stopped drinking about 12 weeks ago. I have now started drinking and I've consumed hey. a fair amount of wine this evening. Excellent. And as we are aware, that is Jesus's blood. Nice. I was going to say, is the wine just yours or is it communal wine? Oh, it's everyone's wine. Everyone gonna have some wine. Did you bless, I bless the wine? Did oh, you God, bless yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Before you drank it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Good. Of course, I blessed the good, wine. Yeah. Good, good. It's delicious. Good. Mm. Nice. Good. Well, I I stopped drinking a few minutes ago, so I've just had a quick swig just to loosen up those lips because we got a lot of talking to do in the form of a podcast. Because uh, yeah, well, we're in the middle. Well, kind of in the middle of the first sort of third, I guess, of um, season four. How of, can you uh, be in Sabrina. the middle of a third? You're a, we're a sixth of the way. Yeah, that, that would probably make more not, sense if I didn't say that. We're not, we, we're, we're not, not though. No, we're, we're, we're on episode eight. We're, we're, so, we're, we're a third of the way through, we're a, as a minimum. We're over a oh, third. We are a third, yeah. Okay, so yeah. We're, okay, so let, let me do that again then. We, we are a third of the way through uh, season no, four. No, 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 no. You teenage, don't get to which, do and that And this episode again. in particular you, is entitled... No, 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 no. You don't get to do it again. You fucked up. Own that fuck up. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. okay. I, I only, I only, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. Thank you. Okay, okay. It's going to be preserved for posterity. Okay, okay. This is the only way. It's the only way you learn. Simon, keep that in. <laughs> so we're a third of the way through season four of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and this episode is called um, "Aging Not So Gracefully," just like my, uh, you know, reluctance to actually sort of do math uh in this episode um well what does she do sabrina kind of she sorry maths 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 sorry jesus you're really fucking up tonight. a bit of dance music in the background then really am so aging not so gracefully uh in this episode sabrina uh, applies some sort of like aging oil ointment in a bid to i guess become a bit more mature but uh, she gets perhaps a little too mature uh so uh, boys so first of all before we jump into this episode did we enjoy it? And, and I know I asked this at the start of every episode, but it's because season four has been nothing but a bit of a rocky relationship so far. But the last couple of episodes have been quite exciting and stuff. So on the whole, is this episode uh, was, was it a good one? Was it all right? It is also the first one in a long time where 
I possibly since season two, or maybe even season one, where I actually remember watching the episode in period. Mm, okay. I actually remember a plotline of this episode, not the whole thing, but I remember a plotline of this episode from probably watching it on SMTV on a Saturday morning back in like 1999 or 2000 so uh, yeah yeah that's good so i guess subconsciously this uh, this storyline had had a massive impact in your life and it, and it perhaps molded you into the, the man that you are today is that right yeah i mean all i know about uh, mary and pierre curie i know from this episode so there you go excellent i knew that they were good dancers and they were awful people uh, I, but we'll, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll cover I, them very very they shortly. were french and they spit that's, that's oh, you know, that all oh, that all sort of, you know, stereotyping. Yeah, they 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 spit a lot. Um, really? Yeah, Chris, Is so, that what we're taking away from this? Because she, 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 she spat a lot on uh, cancer, didn't she? And that's why she has the charity named after her. That she that's, does. That's right. She was like, yeah, cancer, yeah. you know, you can you can fuck right off. She was like, Can- cancer! <laughs> and it, that, was, that, was, that was her. That's a catchphrase. So, it uh, certainly was, and it is well documented that that is a fact. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Chris, sort of same thing. Um, you know, I'm, do you, do I'm you... also... Oh, sorry. Hang, hang on, hang on. I'm 90% sure that Marie Curie was, was, wasn't was French. No, that is true. She was Polish, but she later relocated to Paris and Thank you. married a French man. So why the fuck... Was she speaking with a French because, accent? Because what fun is a Polish stereotype when you can just be French and just carry on the same sort of raggery that they uh, they have done on numerous occasions with uh, with uh, French people? I mean, one thing is clear about this show is that they fucking hate the French. <laughs> just and, like Chris. Oh, just like Chris. No, oh, God, no, yes. But unlike Chris, they hate all the French. Well, no, no, no. I hate the Southern French. Yeah, and I mean... There's a difference. I mean, obviously, Marie, as we've just mentioned, uh, born in Poland, later relocated to Paris. Pierre, born and raised in Paris. So these are Northern French people. And, uh, yeah, they uh, they get done. They done him in this episode. They, they did. Just, we really, really stuck it to him, didn't we? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like scientists. I don't like scientists. That's the problem. Don't like them. Well, you've got to like Isaac. The people would, well, okay, but he was around a very long time ago. Uh, living scientist now, Brian Cox, then what? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson? Sex pest. Fuck off. <laughs> Okay, lo- lovely. And on that note, on that note, we're going to uh, dive right into <laughs> this episode. So the episode opens on a fucking tune as Salem is longing for his next fantasy and, quite frankly, her nightmare. Paula Abdul singing "Opposites Attract Chaps." Uh, obviously, we can't play it in the background because of copyright reasons. Uh, but um, yeah, what a fucking tune to open this episode up. We can't play it through the grapevine because of copyright reasons. But um, yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, late eighties uh, smash from Paula Abdul. You know, someone was just like watching VH1 or something, and then was like, <laughs> "Cat!" They're like, "Wouldn't it be funny if Salem was wanting to be the cat in the video?" Um, yeah, and and I was I was hoping that this was just going to be a throwaway thing at the start, you know, like, "Oh, is Salem," you know, but this turns into just a real kind of kind of disturbing subplot through the entire episode. That's got no place. Well, it's, Got got a place in the late nineties, but not not in this episode. Yeah, shit gets real dark real quick. Um, I well, I to be honest, Phil, you should have known that it was going to go further because you watched the DVD version. I'm guessing of this, and they only include licensed music. So you should have known that there was a Polar Abdul cameo incoming from the fact that this was in the episode. Granted, it would be very hard to do that scene with um, stock music. It really would have been just <laughs> hilarious. So I, 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 I wish they had dubbed it over. To be honest, um, yeah, it would have been great if they just did their own sort of own cover version of it, it similarly to do with opposites attract. What would it be called? Um, I don't know. Opposites attract. What's kind of like a really sort of a, a negatives come together. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, so. So yeah, so they could have got negatives come together. Yeah, if they'd just done their own version, then that would have been very, very Sabrinery. But yeah, I, I, I guess I didn't think of it that way. But that's how this uh, podcast happened, isn't it? Negatives come together. But uh... it certainly was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. um yeah. yeah, so so unfortunately this storyline, uh, rather than it just being a little funny one off about yeah, like I said, Salem being jealous of another fictional cat. Um, unfortunately, yeah, it does get dark real quick, as Graham rightly said. Um, so 
Salem wishes that he had what the cartoon cat had, while Sabrina seemingly wishes that last night didn't happen as she urgently needs to talk to Harvey. She leaves, Hilda waltzes, and Salem longs to be the only fake talking cat in the house. So again, a nice little, oh, here he is, we all know he, you're a puppet, and a massive um, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, <laughs> we get to the titles... <laughs> And uh, Graham, it's massive, uh, it's uh, massive scientist. <laughs> yeah, that, that Graham is that, that Salem is the only uh, oh! <laughs> scientist in the house. Oh, I discovered something. Well, like like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Episode. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, so, you know how on this title sequence, the the they're saying the word secret over and over, and everyone's in a bubble, and Got then him. it pans out. And then it's Sabrina holding a bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I thought to myself, well, <clears throat> I'll do that again. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> well, well, I agree, Chris. Yeah, I agree. So uh, we're at the opening titles. <laughs> no, 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 no. As we like to do uh, during this season anyway, we're longing for those opening titles that we miss oh so much. Uh, but instead, we've decided we're going to write our own joke, I guess loosely based on something uh, related to the episode we've just watched. Uh, this week, it's Graham. So, Graham, take it away for your old mirror gag. So in this episode, obviously, Sabrina, you know, gets older and older um, as the episode progresses. So we've got her in her final form as a decrepit old crone. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's got a load of sheet music, yeah? You know, sheet music, you know, it tells you the, you know, somewhat, when somebody writes music, they write down the notes, etc. So she has a load of sheet music, she's dressed as an old lady. Uh, and she rips the sheet music in two. And then she says, I'm decomposing. Nice. Nice. Something, isn't nice. it? Nice. I mean, you know. Yeah. Nice. Not claiming it's a, a classic, but again, that's the idea. Yeah, good. Very, very, very on brand. It would. It's made us laugh now, but it would have made us groan um, if we'd watched it um, our, uh, ourselves. But yeah, no, well done, Graham. I think that uh, definitely deserves a golf clap. I remind me, I actually heard a joke um, uh, today that I thought was quite funny. Um, what we like to do is we like to do uh, a game where we say, uh, chaps, I've got a new business. Oh, Yes. What is it? Uh, the business I'm in is I make edible clocks. How's it going? It's time consuming. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's nice. That's uh, a, val- a, a valid entry into that uh, pantheon. There definitely. So maybe, yeah, play that with your friends when you go back to the schoolyard. You know, why don't you play that game? You just say, got a new business. They ask you what it is. You tell them what it is. Then you have a, have a little pun about that, about how well that job is going. So there we go. How old? How old do you think? How old do you think uh, the listeners of our show where we talk about a nineties TV show? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where people hang out these days. No, a schoolyard. But guys, you forget. I've, I've not. I've, we don't. We don't. We, we don't socialize anymore. I don't. I don't. I can't remember where I used to go before. I the wasn't pop. Going anywhere. We're in school, and Harvey is so devastated he's showing no emotion, and Sabrina is torn about how to resolve things. Uh, Hilda advises that she shouldn't make moves with Josh until she can confirm he's interested. So she should stick with Harvey. Or rather, the analogy that she does say, she should keep one foot on the boat until it leaves the harbour. So that's very sort of, uh, yeah, very, very Hildery there. Um, obviously, I couldn't I couldn't deal with this. No, it's it's as if I could... the, um, you know, Hilda and Zelda, you know, it's, it's as if they've not been with Sabrina the past few years when they're like, Harvey's the best guy you'll you'll ever know. He's right for you. And they're like, you know what? Just go with Josh if he's interested. Go with him. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that. I, I couldn't... I, well, that, that was bad. But the thing I couldn't deal with, and it always felt intrusive, was the idea of a story following on directly like that. I... You know... Because, you know, it starts off kind of standard, you know, it's, you know, everyone's just goofing around, there's a Paula Abdul thing, and then um, Hilda's looking for somebody who will waltz with her. Um, I was thinking, it seems like you're looking for a waltzing mate, Hilda. Oh, I was just saying waltzing Mahilda, that's all I was, that's why I was. I went one, I went one better and got the turn noise <laughs> okay. in there. Um, but, yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, you kissed Josh. It's like, oh, shit, yeah. The stakes... The story carrying on. And then she makes a boat metaphor 
like you might make if recently you've been oh, spending yeah. a lot of time with pirates. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. Um... Too, too much. Too much continuity. <laughs> too much. Too much. Too much continuity. On, yeah. I can't, can't, can't deal with it. No, it, it is it is odd when I've, a... I've only just realised this, and I am now shocked. Yeah, it, it's a bit strange when a sitcom that doesn't typically follow immediately on from the past episode immediately follows on from the past episode. It is a little uh, just off-putting and a bit strange. No, these these people are goldfish, as far as I'm concerned. Like <laughs> they forget whatever's just happened to. It was really it's really weird. You don't know until it happens how jarring it is. Yeah. So, were you quite uncomfortable watching this entire episode then? Yeah, I felt like I was watching Gilmore Girls or something. It was very, yeah, it was very strange. Like, um... <laughs> Gilmore Girls is is your go-to. Look, Chris, I was unemployed in the two thousands. I've watched every episode of Gilmore Girls. Um... Zelda gives her a reality check and magics in Harvey and a girlfriend to see how she feels. She doesn't like it and she heads back to school to talk to Harvey again. Uh, did any of you guys think that mystery girl was Jenny? I certainly did. She looked very like her. Yeah, I thought it was. Sarah was the name given it, what, to it the was, girl. Yeah, the name yeah. of the girl was Sarah. But was yeah, when, when she magicked in, I was like, is that Jenny? Because that would have been a good a good sort of uh, you know, throwback. Um, but yeah, it, it was that's a double take. Was it Jenny? It was not. Was it I'm Jenny? Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. It was quite a similar looking uh, lady, but it was not Jenny. No, Jenny's like a Soviet minister of the interior at this point. She never existed. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's it. That's it. At least, at least um, you know, it took a few episodes for Sabina to get over Valerie because she kept mentioning Valerie. But yeah, Jenny was, she was gone. That was it. She, it, no, was if, it was as if she was a goldfish. She never existed. The, the, uh, never the, existed. There's, there's pictures it. There's pictures in Sabrina's room that she took with Jenny and Valerie that they've since been removed from, I'm sure. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, so, yeah, so Sabrina heads back to school because she's like, okay, right, I've got to have it out with Harvey because Harvey's showing no emotion. He obviously, he's a young lad. He doesn't know how to handle this, and he's doing it the only way he can, which is kind of by shutting down a little bit. So what's quite bold of Sabrina is she does take um, Zelda's advice and she does learn from Zelda's lesson immediately, and she's very honest with Harvey. She tells him that, she does like him, but she also has feelings for Josh. Harvey says that he's been second string to everything else in his life, like football and even bedding. Um, But so he says he doesn't want to be second string to Sabrina. He leaves and freeze frames, which is a bit strange, uh, potentially just for us to acknowledge. Yeah, that was a bit jarring. Yeah, that, that was very jarring. It was just a bit of a strange freeze frame. Of like, who's that for? <laughs> I didn't catch that. What? What, what was this? While he was walking down the corridor, he just froze halfway down the corridor out of no nowhere, and then it cut away to, I think, a flashback. It was like a, a, a little. It was a little mini montage of some old old memories. Did they cut in the wrong place? No, it kind of froze, and then they did the montage. Then after the montage, it was still frozen for another second or so, and then that's, it continued. Yeah, that's, an odd, that's an odd choice. I didn't catch that. They but... caught in the wrong place. That's what happened. No, seriously. Like it was kind of like cut, and we'll stop, and we'll do the montage, and go. And yet they kept the stop. They kept the stop in for some reason. Very weird. But the montage, Phil. Um, I'm guessing this to you played out to stock music. Yes, it did. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what the music was, but uh, I'm I'm dying to find out what the actual sort of broadcasted music yes. was. What what was it, Graham? What was it? So uh, obviously we've had the Backstreet Boys, uh, larger than life, uh, in our zombie episode. Um, this was a big girl group from the time and one of their hits i believe from 1999 if i remember my youthful top of the pops watching correctly um so which girl group do you think it was it was an atomic kitten was it funnily enough no i don't think they really penetrated america it was tlc's unpretty that this uh, took place to uh, okay. not, not at all really fitting other than it being kind of like melancholic but uh yeah that's uh, that's what we got it was co- it's cool. It's cool. It's a cool song. It's crazy sexy. Yeah. It's crazy sexy cool. You might say that was their album. I, I know. I their know, album from the time. But yeah, going back to um, just what's happened just before that freeze frame, that little mini montage. Yes, yeah, so, as I said, Sabrina's been honest, which is very bold of her. And Harvey has again. He's not like a pushover, Harvey, but he kind of just accepts things as they are. But he stands up and he says, "No, I'm. I. I don't want this. This. You know. I always thought. You know. Will be. You know." Uh, you're the only person in the thing that I, that, you know, I'm the right person for you. I've been second string in football, 
ban uh, but not you and it's yeah he stands up for himself and he's like no i don't like this and he he, he walks off and lets sort of sabrina stew in her own thoughts i like this discussion between them i didn't like yeah. the omission of all of the vowels from the word badminton um you know that's as awful as that that's as awful as ever but the rest of it because yeah like you say it shows harvey's grown mm-hmm. it shows he can knows how to stand up for himself which definitely does happen as well as you progress through your adolescence um but also just generally because they know each other well and because they are able to be emotionally open with one another they yeah they were very direct about yeah. how the situation was making them feel they were very grown up about it and it yeah i think you could be forgiven considering that it's kind of alien territory for the show to be you know like centering relationship drama and have it sort of be ongoing in this way can we forgive for them for not writing it well or kind of making it seem yeah we flimsy and superficial but i think we can forgive them uh to a point I mean, I like it because it, it it shows a difference in the times where they've had their little spats in the past where, you know, it does show, I think, them approaching, you know, they're approaching 18, they're approaching the age where you're supposed to feel a bit more adult. And I feel that they handled it in a very mature way, which obviously is what this whole episode is, is really about, really. But going back to the freeze frame, I think the reason why they did it is not because it was a, um, you know, a, a muck up in the, the editing department. What I think the freeze frame was is for us 20 years in the future to uh, spot another school poster because we've not seen a school poster for quite a while. Gentlemen. Get out of town. Uh, ah. And I guess this one is um, I guess it's very, very important this one. Um, so there's a freeze frame and it just says right at the back of the classroom or uh, the corridor rather ban the butt. B-U-T-T. B-U-T-T. Does this mean a cigarette butt, I'm guessing, not the... I assume so. I mean, there was a picture of a big arse and it said ban that, but no, it was it was actually uh, the uh, a cigarette butt it's, it's on about. So, ban the butt. If they banned the, the other butt, we'd all be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> God. That would, be, that would be painful. I don't want to think about where it would come out, to be honest. No, we'd be up shit's... Shit, we'll be up shit's creek without a butt crack. We'd be cre- we'd be creaking with shit certainly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, but you know the, the actual sort of mini montage. So as said, as Chris said, yeah, it's it's uh, various sort of memories from from uh, past seasons, like the the frolicking, the season one finale, and um, you know all that sort of jargon. It's really nice. You had the kiss from uh, from you know way back in sort of season one as well, um, and. You know, they see all these touching moments, the cuddly and kissing moments, and it, it hurts a little bit. Like, it's a bit like, is this really over? Like, and it, 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 it did it did get me a little bit thinking that, okay, maybe maybe this is actually, maybe this is where Sabrina and Harvey part ways. Did, did you guys sort of share those thoughts? Yeah, it reminded us that we've come a long way, like, with, 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 with this couple, you know, like, yeah, like, a lot of time has passed. We've had a lot of, a lot of times, and, you know, if that ended, then, you know, in many ways, it is the soul of the show, even though it's something that's kind of almost infrequent, uh, quite infrequently uh, dwelled upon. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I agree. It car- carried some emotional weight. And I think, as we've talked about before, for the target audience, I think it will carry a lot of emotional weight. I think it's possibly one of the most effective um montages in terms of using archive footage that um, we've had so far uh in the clock shop hilda is practicing her waltz until someone waltzes out of the clock uh, but enough about that subplot because we jump to salem trying his hardest not to leave another weepy voicemail to paula abdul who we then see dancing around declaring how much she loves her life so it's good for the time being that paula abdul is having a great time but yeah, it gets very disturbing, and this is just just the tip of that disturbing uh, iceberg. My question is 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 why 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 do we have this subplot? What is its purpose? There is no purpose. It's just it's just something. Did did the fucking company just go? We can get Paula Abdul. Oh, that's great. How are we gonna fit her in the show? It's a half baked idea of one form or another, certainly. As I say, I think it could even be as simple as like, hey, VH1, you know, writer just watching VH1, that Opposites Attract video comes on, anthropomorphic cat, 
They're like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if Sailor had a crush on Paul Raptor and wanted to be the cat? And someone's like, hey, yeah, that would be funny. And then was like, we could get her, you know. She's in a pretty, f- she's in a pretty fallow period in her career. She's not a big pop star anymore, and with pre American Idol as well, we could totally get her. And then the rest, as they say, is one of the more uh, disturbing subplots uh, that we've come across so far. It's only saved, saved in terms of being disturbing. Uh, it's still not funny, but um, saved from being disturbing by the fact that Paula doesn't seem to really sweat it at all. She seems quite kind of like blasé about it. Yeah, that, that that's good. You know, if, if it was a case where she was actually terrified, you know, it, it, it'd be a completely different level. But yeah, it, it is just, this is the sort of joke where you would make it in the opening episode before titles and then during the titles, it would make a reappearance. The fact that I think they've just, you know, if the start, uh, someone's been like, oh, I love Paula Abdul. And at the end, Paula Abdul rocks up and it's like, Oh, okay. oh, yeah, I remember that joke from the beginning of the episode. Okay, this looks nice. But then they just they keep revisiting it, what, about three more times during the case? And it's just, it's desperate, it's weird, and it's just not necessary. It's so, it's, it's such, if you don't want to feature Salem much in this episode, just don't feature him much. Just don't have him being a dangerous, like, lunatic stalker, sociopath, yeah. I mean, you know, we've had Salem sort of get a bit, you know, um, you know, horny for... Various women in the past, Sherry Lewis, Peggy Lipton. He never threatened to, or he never staged his own kidnapping and potential murder if they didn't come and meet him. That's it. And as well, like, even on a previous episode, I'm pretty sure he said that he used to be in a relationship with Marie Curie. So why isn't that relationship being revisited? I'm sure that, I'm sure I'm right. He's basically that dude who said he'd shoot Ronald Reagan if Jodie Foster didn't go on a date with him, isn't he? Like, yeah. 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 But it's just, I mean, you never know, it could be as call as prude, whatever like that. But, you know, may, maybe we should find um, Salem <laughs> trying to antagonise a poor defenceless woman about coming to meet him. Maybe we should be finding that funny, but be, uh, I don't know, you tell us. Tell us whether we should be finding that funny. It's just a bit strange, really. Sabrina, on the other hand, isn't sure where her love life is going. As she explains to Dreamer, she doesn't know whether Josh likes her and hates how honest she was with Harvey. He gives nothing away and acts as if nothing happened. That's Josh. Uh, Zelda, meanwhile, returns home with a babbling French woman in tow. They waggle their fingers and force her to speak goddamn American. And uh, she announces that she is Marie Curie. Um, so, uh, well, Graeme, so a quick thing. So uh, Marie Curie, is this is this being played by Marie Curie the Fourth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they are played by actors, but they're not anybody in... And 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 any any note, both in terms of their career or bearing any blood relation to the Curies themselves, I'm afraid to say. Um, but yeah, fortunately, no, I'm quite devastated. Yeah, it's not Marie Curie's fourth cousin or something no, like that. This, that is a shame. This is the only thing I remember about this episode from watching at the time is that they bring back both Marie and Pierre Curie, and that they spit every time they hear each other's names. I definitely remember. So that. Uh, yeah, so this is a sort of Marie Curie rocks up and. Um, yeah, they just have to make her speak, um, you know, American, because why not? Um, obviously, coming out the clock, she's lost in time, and it comes to light that she's fallen out with her husband, Pierre. <laughs> Back at being there, brewed that. And it turns out that Josh and Sabrina aren't working on Saturday, so Sabrina tries to make him go on a date with her. He admits that he does like her and finds her attractive, but he's so much older than her by... Uh, four years, is it? Hey, man, it's the it's the biggest four years of your life, though, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's, yeah, it, that sort it, of it's se- she's seventeen and he's what twenty twenty one. Yeah, like it's one of those things. Where, like, yeah, if you were twenty eight and you were going up to do twenty four, twenty four, be like, hey, what the fuck? But yeah, seventeen to twenty one, seventeen to twenty one is a monumental difference. I agree. I agree with Josh there. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of personal, not just age, but personal growth from the age yes. of 17 upwards. Yeah, you, you are you are basically dating a toddler at that, that point in your I, life. Yeah, and, and certainly in this country, that is literally a child dating an adult. So, yeah, I understand Josh's, Josh's reservations there. Yeah. Sabrina vents to Salem that she needs to act more sophisticated and mature for Josh, but Salem can't stop pointing out the things that she liked doing with Harvey. Uh, but he's not on her mind. It's Josh. So it's things like, oh, me and Harvey would have gone and done this and done that and stuff. And they seem to be a bit more sort of 
classed as, I guess, childish activities. But really, it's not. It's just activities you would do at that age with the person that you felt most comfortable doing them with. Uh, but no, it, it seems that she has firmly made up her mind. It's like, yeah, I need myself an, a, a, a different kind of man, a bit more of a, a sweet older man. And so it's kind of at the moment she's sort of settled on, on Josh, it seems. I don't know. They, they really fleshed out the whole, like, this has been going on a long time. and Like, they're very used to each other now. And this is kind of virgin territory for both of them to have to think about life without each other, really, because before they found each other, they were literally children, and they've grown up so much in their time together. Yeah, it's definitely with Sabrina, in a way. She's more of a, at the moment, it was all fun, that was great, I have no regrets about that, but I need to move on to the next chapter of my life, who I believe is Josh at this stage. So Salem gives Sabrina some stern advice from all of his years dominating. He says, uh, not in that way, you can't control love, you, you just, just have, have to, to wait. wait. He didn't say that. He says, yeah, you can't control love. So, you know, it's just... I did have that same thought. <laughs> yeah. It's a game you of give and control take. Love. Uh, back home and Marie Curie is busy doing some sciencing and Zelda walks in with her other half, Pierre Curie, who also walked out of the clock. So to send them both back, they have to make them both kiss and make up. Fair enough. Sabrina and Dreamer, meanwhile, realise that the mortal way of acting older is useless, so they need magic. Dreamer turns Sabrina into dirt for a few seconds, and when that spell doesn't work, they conjure up a potion from the magic spellbook. Oil of old age. I like it. I liked it. Because it gets like it's o- oil of ole. Yeah. Yep, which, yeah. Which, my God, I mean, those adverts were everywhere in the 90s. They were. Very, very heavily advertised in yeah. the late 1990s. Yeah, I'll give you that. I do associate it with the 90s when I think about it. Yeah, now it's just known as Tabasco. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say? Today's moisturizer, tomorrow's sauce. That is what they say. There you go. The oil of Ole. Uh, I assume that I mean, yeah, so yes, it's the oil of old age. So nice little gag. We like we like these sort of uh, joke names that they give things. Very very good. So yeah, the oil of old age. Uh, she rubs it into her face and throat, and then starts talking about backpacking across Europe. <laughs> so she must be in her twenties, chaps. Because <laughs> that's what they do. That's what they do. That's what they do. Um, oh man, I oh man, tears. Tears streaming down my face, but because that—that's all we talked about. I don't remember talking about anything else in my early twenties no, other than no, backpacking. I no, mean. that's what that's what people in their twenties do. They don't, they don't, they don't str- struggle to, to to be able to, to be able to buy, buy, buy a house and, and find and find gainful employment and generally be just a- alienated by our our awful modern age and um, late capitalism at all. Um, she then heads to the coffee shop with a bob cut and a blazer and all the guys can't stop ogling her. Yes, the same guys who really knew that she was uh, in school and now just because she acts a little bit older they're like, hey girl, just want to come back to mine. It's very strange. There was nothing that young men in their early 20s found hot in the late 90s. There was nothing that... Not just a blazer. A power suit. There's nothing that college-aged males found hotter in the early 90s, or the late 90s, rather, than Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> so, that was, that was, that was, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that, that, she was, she was, she was the real, you know, she, you know, she was, she was the real, you know, forget, forget uh, Carmen Electra. That, that was who they had in their wall, wasn't it? It was, uh, it was old, uh, old HRC. And funnily enough, I mean, you know, if you wanted to kill Jeffrey Epstein, magic would be a good way to do it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. Back in the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. Josh, meanwhile, scorns himself because he's like, why am I making a big deal out of the age gap? I should just ask her out anyway. And he's actually not seen Sabrina in this state. So when he does ask Sabrina, it's it, her new look means absolutely nothing to him. He's just like, you know, why don't we do go out on a date? So naturally, Sabrina thinks this old magic cream or oil or whatever she's rubbing into Tabasco, uh, she thinks it's actually working. So she applies some more. Uh, the aging goes a little further as she arrives to school acting and looking more grown up. Uh, this made me laugh. She shakes Harvey's hand when they see each other. Made me laugh yes, a lot. Sir. I like that too. Hi, Harvey. Nice to see you again. Like, very so sort of just 
growing up, it made me laugh. Um, so yeah, she's just walking around. She's got a big phone. Um, she started doing business calls, whatever. She's in uh, yeah, just like a suit, uh, sort of um, a nice sort. She's of, like um, like Angelica's mum in the Rugrats. She, oh my god, she is, yeah, she is, yeah, she, yeah, she is, uh, yeah, Angelica's uh, mum from the Rugrats. That's what she's doing. Dreamer asks Sabrina if she's looked in the mirror this morning, and this is where it turns a bit strange. It turns out that she can only see her usual 18-year-old reflection. So she looks in the mirror, she looks the same, but uh, it's not what everyone else is seeing. So what what does that mean, really, just that she's... No, there's a... Uh... Yeah? The... Well, in fairness, what you could do is you could take a body dysmorphia mm. look on this entire endeavour... And raise awareness that way. Yeah. It's not the same, but also has kind of like a Dorian Gray element to it as well. That is true, yeah. Dorian Gray. Yeah, for sure, for sure. For sure. So, she might be acting more maturely. However, the persona that she thinks that she is putting out into the world is that of her younger self. Just that happens when Johnny Depp looks in the mirror. Yeah. Hey, I'm still 18. This isn't embarrassing. This isn't embarrassing at all. Um, Sabrina heads to her date with Josh and is seemingly acting a lot older than he is now. So he's ordering, you know, normal greasy food like burger and fries or something. And she just wants water. Uh, He tries to talk about the kiss, you know, like, okay, we do need to talk about it. I need to tell you how I feel about it. And she just wants to know his intentions and whether he could handle screaming children, a career woman and stretch marks. Josh gets spooked and leaves naturally. Uh, not about the stretch marks. They're absolutely no problem if you've got them. Nothing to worry about. I think it's more just the fact that Sabrina is, um, yeah, she's a little uh, little full on. So she's, I think it turns out in the next scene, she's acting more like Hilda and Zelda's. She's acting the age where you would be when you were considering starting a family. So probably like late 20s and early to mid 30s. So yeah. And imagine, imagine being 21 and hearing that from uh, somebody that you're uh, dating. It would be pretty terrifying. I I sympathise with Josh in this. You're not even <laughs> waiting for the starters to come and you're already talking about kids, you know. At the Spellman residence and Zelda is having a wonderful time with Mary and wants to be her partner. Likewise, Hilda is waltzing on cloud nine with Pierre and doesn't want him to leave either. Sabrina returns from her date, now seemingly acting as old as Hilda because she says, I'm just going to go upstairs and do this, that and the other. And Hilda's like, well, that's what I do. Epsom salts. That's it. Have, have, a, have, a, have, an, old, have an old fogey bath, is it? That sort of thing. Mate, have you not had, have you not taken in any... Epsom salt. True story. I had my first bath in about three years last week. That explains it. I've had sh- I've had many showers and washes since, but like <laughs> like but in yeah I've uh, I I've been living in this house for two and a half years and I used the bath for the first time. Oh yeah, you have a weekend. bath, don't you? You do. True story. So uh, yeah, so she gets into a, a salty bath like the, the sea or something, I don't know. Uh, but it only gets worse as the next day in school, she's hobbled, grey-haired and definitely more mature uh, while she's offering out tissues, wafers and a wet finger for Harvey's mucky face. So she's just walking around all like, oh, hello, oh, there's too much noise, oh, ban the butts, yep. that sort of she's thing. She's very specifically a Jewish old lady, which is kind of strange. <laughs> it is very strange. I, I thought that, yeah. You got, you got, you got a little schmutz, you got a little... Yeah, got a little schmutz there. It's very strange. But yeah, there we go. Yeah, so she turns into this Jewish old woman, and uh, yeah, she's just wiping off schmuck off people's schmaces. Uh, back home, and Marie is driving Zelda up the wall with her bossiness and flammable liquids, whilst Pierre is driving Hilda into the ground via her bleeding feet. Uh, they both admit defeat and realize that these curies need to be back together. But conversations quickly break down, and they return back to their bitterness. So, um, obviously, uh, Graeme, you're, res- you're our resident historian. Were Mary and Pierre uh, famously violent towards each other, or is that just for the sake of um, a, uh, a late 90s comedy sitcom? I don't actually know, to be honest, but I know like the majority of kind of power couples like that did tend to be. They weren't aggressive uh, towards each other. It was the... So, prior to the work that they worked together, they were rivals if that makes sense right uh sabrina rubs in more aging oil and she's one rub away from a corpse as she's now a really really old lady that terrifies josh with her senile behavior he runs away but harvey on the other hand 
offers to help her get home. So, in fact, maybe it's Josh who needs to act more mature. So, I know he's working and he's a bit preoccupied, but still, if some old woman's talking to him and he's just like, you're a crazy lady, get away from me. Whilst Harvey's just like, well, first of all, he says, are you related to Sabrina? But he also asks if she's all right and offers to walk her home. So, yeah, it's a definite difference between the two. Josh is a nice guy and all, but maybe not all-round nice guy like Harvey seemingly is instead. Yeah, I mean, will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Seems like Harvey would and Josh would not. So that's a very useful thing yeah. for Sabrina to know if she's playing the long game. With It's a nice little redemption for Harvey in a way because he has been painted in a bit of a negative light the past couple of episodes with his reluctance to kind of get involved with Sabrina's hobbies. But yeah, we're seeing, you know what? Forget all that. Harvey is such a wonderful, lovely guy. So hopefully she gets back with him. Hilda and Zelda cower at the thought of being with the Curies, but it seems that they've danced and made up. Back to the awful people they both are. <laughs> Harvey, meanwhile, has escorted old lady Sabrina back home and her aunts reveal what she truly looks like. She naturally screams because she used because uh, she used obviously the cream too much. She's supposed to use the oil of old age very um, sparingly. So, uh, yeah, so like I said, Sabrina's old lady wisdom tells her that Josh isn't interested in who she is right now. So, you know, if if he's not going to be interested in her in the future, then how can she possibly spend a present with him? And as we say, yeah, Harvey, um, you know, is a nice, easy guy to get on with and it was never this hard to be his girlfriend. So I guess she's got to make the right uh, decision. Now, he's a nice lad and um, should be who Sabrina stays with. So with a swig of magical prune juice... She's back to normal. Right. My question. So old people drink. It is an old people drink that apparently turns you from an old person to young. So maybe old people are drinking it wrong, maybe. Or young people are drinking it right. I, I don't know. But still, though, yeah, she drinks juice and that's it. She's back to normal just like that. So even though she learns a lesson, the, to get over it is incredibly easy. So it's just a bit silly. Uh, on the complete opposite end of normal, Salem is asking Sabrina to mail Paula Abdul his ear as if the kidnapping and ransom demands earlier weren't scary enough so i didn't even bother talking about this but throughout the episode sabrina sorry salem has been um just hounding paula abdul just for some um attention she keeps he he rung up pretending to be someone who had kidnapped a cat and said that he needed paula abdul to come and see him and it's just very strange and paula abdul at one point was shouting him down the phone too right but yeah, it's, it's such an odd storyline that's just <laughs> just deserves no place. I know we yet. had the feature that's so nineties, yeah, back in season one. But that was more about fashion and things that were, you know, cool at the time. This is the most I've kind of felt. My God, it was just a different time, wasn't it? I guess. <laughs> yeah. I guess that was funny then, but now, no. I mean, it's too weird to be that disturbing, but it's just so... Just just, just imagine arriving at that idea now and nobody saying, oh, that's... No, that doesn't work. Like, it just wouldn't happen. Even on a bad show, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> like, but imagine just, just, just being like, you know, at, at the age that this uh, episode is aimed at, you know, watching it at the time, meeting up in a schoolyard that you might do, uh, as, as, as I said before. Um, discussing what your favourite part of this episode was and someone mentioning, oh, it's when Salem said, ask Sabrina if she could cut his ear off and mail it to Paula Abdul so she can, what, nurse it back together? Like, it's just... <laughs> it's... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. First of all, if you were watching this at the age of, say, 10, you were like two when Opposites Track came out, so it, it wouldn't mean anything to you anyway. It's, it's such a strange idea. Like, yeah. But yeah, honestly, what the fuck is that story all about? But luckily... Well, I say, luckily it's over. It's not. Um, spoiler alert. Um, so, yeah, great. Thanks, Salem, for all your uh, help in this episode. Uh, Sabrina heads back to the coffee shop to tell Josh that he was right all along and that they are probably better off as friends, which he instantly regrets saying in hindsight. So, yeah, you kind of missed your shot there, Josh lad. And in hindsight, Sabrina regrets calling things off with Harvey. And when she goes to make up with him, he's kissing his new girlfriend, Colette. He's kissing this new girl, and Sabrina just rocks up to him, and she's like, "Oh, it's like you know who's that?" And she goes, "Well, that's Colette. We're we're kind of seeing each other." And did she ask like, "Are you are you all right?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm good." 
and they walk off and she's just like a bit miserable about it. Um, so it's kind of like, I guess Harvey's just, you know what, I'm not waiting for you to decide whether you want me or not. I'm going to go and find someone who does want me. And there we go. It's found Colette. So again, got to commend Harvey for being bold and standing up for himself and just... I mean, you know, I guess he's fighting fire with fire there. It's weird seeing Harvey take so much control. It's weird him kind of like looking after himself and kind of like asserting himself in that way. Um, And it's just weird, like two episodes in a row ending with that strange kind of, you know, kind of like wrenching feeling of, oh no, things really aren't going well. Things aren't right in Westbridge. Yeah, it's 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 a very strange feeling. I almost don't know how I feel about it, but I think it's good because I mean, I think if you were doing that right now, by season four, I mean you know things would just, as we know from the early episodes of the season, things would kind of get savvy to the point where you wouldn't be reacting anymore. So I think now is the right time to introduce something like this. Yeah, just another sort of thing to tip over the the the, the scales really into a proper proper shoe a show, um, sort of create a new equilibrium. If we uh, want to put some posh words out there. And, uh, you know, it would be great if the episode opened up on that sombre note. But instead, it just ends in just another fucking weird one. Because the credits roll and Salem has now uh, duped Paula Abdul to coming over to the Spellman house just so he can get a stroke. Oh, I mean, poor old Paula. I hope she got paid well. Yeah, I I do hope Paula did get paid. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's all I'm going to say. I mean, what, like I said, this would have been absolutely fine if, you know, maybe at the start of the episode he was like, oh my God, I love Paula Abdul, as he does. Maybe halfway through he was like, I'm going to send her a letter. And at the end of the episode, she just rocked up and she was like, I'm here to see somewhat a bloke called Salem who, you know, whatever like that. You know, that, that would have been fine. But instead, no, we've got the kidnapping, the ransom, uh, the voicemails all about ransom and wanting to cut his ear off. And it's just, oh. Maybe just... Maybe just enters a contest to meet her and uses gets well Hilda or Zelda or Sabrina to use magic to rig it so he wins or something like that. That would have been fine. We didn't need this whole psychological abuse subplot <laughs> <laughs> at all. <laughs> Tell you what would have been amazing is if there was the the storyline instead was there was a competition where Paula Abdul was going to um, recreate the video with her biggest fan, and they rigged it. And yeah. they rigged it so Salem was going to win. And I would have loved to have seen Salem with his animatronic arms, and maybe even just a real cat, you know, just for shits and giggles, just to try and film doing the music video. I think that would have been great. Imagine the credits of just—it's actually the credits playing, and it's the video, but it's Paul Abdul in '99 oh. with Salem dancing around. That would have been nice, but instead, no, he tricks her into giving him a cuddle and he just gets off on it. As I say, it's always so... Because he's a cat and not a human, it's... I mean, it is it is creepy, but it's not kind of like... It doesn't really kind of like... It's not like a not-you-sit kind of creepy. It's just like... That was what they went with? Like, that was kind of like what passed? Passed as a comic <laughs> yeah. concept back then? Like, my God, this was a long time ago. It's just that kind of feeling. Kidnapping was a right laugh. It's funny, the other day... Um, Somebody put on Twitter um, a um, it was a loaded uh, magazine cover from uh, 1996, and it was uh, David Baddiel and Frank Skinner um, with some like page three girl type, and like yeah like yeah like David Baddiel just like literally just like grabbing her ass and like um, Frank Skinner just like taking her hand and like moving it towards his crotch, and I was just like my god the 90s was like another time, and by another time I mean the Stone Age like. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Uh, the past is a different country. No, quite. No, we're... really, really. Fuck, we're almost out of the nineties. But <laughs> if only I bet the two thousands are even better. No, they're great. They're, <laughs> they're f- fantastic. There we go, gentlemen. That is episode eight of season four of Screening the Teenage Witch, entitled "Aging Not So Gracefully," just like this episode. Uh, so, boys, <laughs> first of all. Um, what do you think of this episode of this uh, episode that we've just watched? What What do you make of it? I mean, to be honest with you, as a standalone, it was okay. However, in the grand scheme of things, with the whole 
Josh Harvey thing. I I think they could have gone so they they could have done a lot more with the storyline, other than narrow it down to one episode. If that makes sense, I I would I would agree with you there. I it, it's a shame that you know after the last episode you're like uh, you know. Uh, cliffhanger like oh my god what's going to happen here and already during the course of this episode you can see oh it's it's fizzling out by the end of this episode it's it's not going to be a problem i would have liked to have seen this being dragged out just for a couple more episodes like three you know three yeah yeah Yeah. three max you know three max we don't need any more but i mean um, guys 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 we don't know it could be it could be extended we don't know certainly the thing is far from concluded as we end this episode there could be more there could be more. Um, I'll probably ruin that um, with the um, synopsis for episode nine. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you did. <laughs> but before we get to episode nine, we might as well critique what we think of episode eight because at the end of every episode, we like to score what we've just watched uh, with a certain uh, you know different kinds of criteria. They are uh, magic, wit, creativity, and say it with me, boys, because I'm going to mash it all together. Progression. Progression. So first of all, boys, uh, magic. Just how magical was this episode? To be honest, it it not not very at all. I we had a visit from the clock. There was the oil of age. Uh, maybe a two. Yeah, definitely no at more best. than that. I don't think there wasn't really anything magical apart from some magic hand cream and a. Door in the shape of a clock. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think maybe two's been a bit too generous. What do you think, Graham? Yeah, not a very magical episode at all. Um, yeah, the things that impressed me about this this episode were nothing to do with magic at all. Um, yeah, my God. I mean, it's only now when we are forced to contemplate it that you realise how bereft of magic this episode was. Um, I, I would give it... I, yeah, I'd give it a one, honestly. Uh, yeah, a yeah. one. I'm going to go to a one as well. Um, so a one for magic. Yeah. One. Uh, what about um, yeah. wit? Not that funny. I, mean. I did not laugh that much. No, it, it was more, yeah, more, I... more grimacing with the whole sort of Salem things. But I think, I mean, I think the oil of old age, I think was 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 you know was quite inventive. And in you know they could have just named it like mature cream or something i don't know but yeah oil of old age i think there's there seems there's a bit of thought behind it so i think that's quite funny i think enough elements of the yeah the aging process the oil of old age um probably do bump it up to a two or a three i i would bu- i would say two I, i'm gonna i you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go with a i'm gonna go with a three for it it's a Bang average. I Bang I was going to say three because I think again we always compliment her. I think Melissa Joan Hart is a is a wonderful comic actress, and I think she uh, she was very different in every sort of matured age that she became. And I think yeah, she was very funny in in all of her ages. Yeah, that is more Melissa and not the material, definitely. But yeah. obviously that that still counts. What about creativity, boys? Just how creative was uh, this episode? Um, I guess. Bit difficult to say, really, in terms of creativity. The whole, um, you know, Salem Paul Rabdul thing was was I, I mean, the never most... being any, a thought, and it's the most uncreative thing, or maybe it is was... creative because it's so fucking weird. I was going to say the most creative thing, Phil. The most creative thing was the Paul Rabdul thing. That that I, that that was the most creative thing in the episode. Getting her involved, maybe. Maybe that was creative. It was such yeah. a reach, wasn't it? It was such a strange thing to arrive at that you kind of almost have to give it points, even though it was horrible. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the I, 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 I'd maybe give it two tops three for creativity. Two. I was uh, thinking of giving fair, it three just fair. because of how fucking out there this whole <laughs> Salem Polaraptor thing was. Um, I'll, I might go for three. <laughs> I'm going to say three just because it's pretty creative to proper fucking um, a bomb your own sort of subplot. So, yeah, um, I'd say three for creativity. Um, and, yeah, finally, a progression, boys. How progressive in both um, you know, the storyline and characters because, obviously, the past couple have 
ultimately led to this area. Oh, God, there's been fuck all, mate. Well, actually, I don't know about that, Chris, because, um, you know... Harvey... Maybe one? No, no, we, we, we talked about Harvey's progression as a character. I think that's um, that's very worth pointing out, yeah. I, I, I'd honestly rate this episode very highly in terms of progression. Not in terms of general episodic storytelling, but in terms of this show and how storyline progression is not integral to it at all normally um so i yeah i put it quite highly because i mean like you say harvey definitely comes a long way in this episode definitely shows himself to have a lot more of a a spine a lot more of agency in his own destiny than we saw before um i think sabrina is forced to reckon with what she really wants out of life in a way that you only really start to contemplate when you reach the age of like 17, 18. Um, and then we've also got the potential. I don't know how it plays out. You've hinted it doesn't really play out, but the potential uh, spanner in the works, potential X factor of Colette of a, uh, a rival for Harvey's affections. So I'd say it's quite a high rating one. I would put it as four. I put it as four yeah. to be honest. I I would say I would say four as well. I think what's kind of made it a bit higher um, in that sense with, with progression is the fact that you know through the end, Sabrina's like, you know what, I'm going to go and make up with Harvey and tell him he's the one I want. And oh, what's that? Harvey's moved on. I think if they had just Harvey was just waiting for her and they ran and cuddled and it's like, oh, let's get back together. That would have been disappointing. But the fact is, now out of everyone, it's Harvey. He's moved on. It's we're in a different sort of time period now with um with this show so yeah i would say okay. four uh, i i'm not gonna argue i'm not gonna argue damn right you're not majority rule baby but uh so uh so what scores have we got so we've got uh so that leaves us one for magic two for wit three for creativity and four for magic. we got one two three four um so uh chris our sexy calculator oh thank you Bex. what does that give us um Ten. Bang, bang in the middle. Thumb, thumbs in the middle. Nice. Bang average. Yeah, so I think it is really based on how far-fetched that Paula Abdul storyline was and how sort of how brave they were with the whole Sabrina and Harvey storyline there. So there we go. Ten out of 20. Uh, we gave it anyway for episode eight, Aging Not So Gracefully. Speaking of, hopefully this next episode has uh, aged a bit better. Uh, episode nine, boys. Uh, it's called Love means having to say you're sorry. Oh, for fuck's Love sake. Love means having to say you're sorry. Really, are we going for that episode? What episode where all the shit of the past two episodes, it means nothing, and uh, Sabrina and Harvey get back together? Um, I think it means that Sabrina must explain to Harvey um, the dalliance with Josh... The fact that she kind of, not got ideas above her station, but kind of, I don't know, was kind of getting a bit of a grass is always greener sort of situation, but really Harvey is the one for her. And maybe he's starting to settle in with Colette and thinking of a world beyond her, but she basically needs to remind him how good it was. Well, maybe that's what this episode is about. I've only got a, a one sentence about it. But episode nine of season four, Love Means Having to Say You're Sorry. Sabrina finds it difficult to accept Harvey's new relationship with Colette. So in an effort to reconcile with him, she tries to literally rewrite what happened. Wait, what? Oh, not time travel. No, I think she tries to just... I think she has like a magical whiteboard or blackboard. I don't know which one you're allowed to say. Um, but she has something something she writes on um, to yeah, sort of rewrite actually what happened. So you're pretty right there, Chris, in terms of, yeah, everything you know that you've just seen, probably not going to matter. So she's doing like a Wikipedia edit on um, the last couple <laughs> of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> May well be to see if she does um, sort of log on and try to rewrite history in the wikipedia pages anyway so that is our next episode episode nine but as for this one i do hope you have enjoyed it i have been uh, filled in all the way through uh accompanied by my uh, two closest beers but also uh, my friends who have been uh, remote and still wonderful i hope first of all mr graham riley thank you very much graham welcome everybody stay safe stay happy and uh, keep on sitting on top of the world Thank you very much. Or your chairs, if that's uh, easier and nearer. And also, thank you very much to Christopher Evans. Thank you, Chris. 
Thank you, Phil. I'm still alive. Thank you, Graham. I said because we actually thought you died at the end of the last episode, so it's nice to see that uh, you know we didn't actually work. We did actually we actually didn't really welcome you back to good health. So it's good good to see you back, Chris. Thank you. Um, Thank you. If you would like to uh, follow us, I don't know why you would want to because we actually don't really post anything. We've got a huge amount of Facebook followers, guys. I think before pre lockdown we had about two hundred likes. We've got nearly six hundred now. So there we go. Uh, maybe people people are bored, eh? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> people are, people bored. Just... are really bored maybe maybe you're just finding us on facebook because you're like let's see if these guys really don't post anything and it's true i even said i was going to put a poll to see if you were team josh and team harvey and really i just did team just just haven't done it so um yeah just, <laughs> team may, i maybe... have not done it nice nice and, and nice. in work in work i've been asked to create a linkedin profile and i laughed at my manager's face i'm like have you seen what i'm like on social media with my own podcast i don't think i even posted that last uh, our last episode was even released so if you found it i don't know how you did thank you very much I um think i was asked to create a linkedin profile um for a job i'd resign Sorry, have we? As on, as as on last episode not aired. No, I, I did. Re- I have released the last episode. I just didn't do my obligatory once every fortnight tweet or post about it being available. So thank you very much for listening to it, even though I didn't officially tell you to. Nice, thank you're welcome. Graham. I didn't even know it was out there. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Graham. I'm glad you found it. <laughs> there we go. I'm so bad. Maybe we should hire someone. Um, yeah, there we go. So you know, and uh, you know, so thank you very much for following us. Even though uh, I, th- I do believe it's a waste of time, but thank you, thank you so much for your for your support. And I do hope whatever you're doing, um, with your with your time, that that uh, our pos- podcast gives you a little bit of escapism, a little bit of enjoyment, or just something to do for uh, for an hour or so. Thank you very much. It does generally mean a lot for all three of us. And uh, yeah, if you would like to uh, offer anything back to the podcast, then you can. You can go to our website, which is www.coffee. That's K-O hyphen F-I dot com forward slash Sabrina the Teenage Watch. You can find us there and uh, yeah, just donate something you know, like a couple of dollars, the equivalent of a cup of coffee. And we'll split that. And uh, maybe next time uh, we see each other, we'll have a sip of that cold, cold coffee that's been stewing on the table. Well, on that note, may every little thing you do be, be magic. magic. That was relatively insane.